If you're wondering what language I was speaking then, it was the Pingu language, which is Penguinese. Is that official penguin language or is that according to Pingu? That is official penguin language in the world of Pingu. Oh, in the world of Pingu. Yeah. I thought it was like official penguin news. Actually, we should probably do a disclaimer for the rest of this episode. There will be uh, a lot of penguinese. So if you are fluent, then great. If you're not, it's probably worth as an app called penguinese.com where you download it and it will translate everything I'm saying. Exactly. Okay, should we get on with the show? Wow. No, do the intro now. Do the intro now. That's it. You've had your moment. No, 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 no. We're ending it now. We're ending that now. You just sound like a dog as well, so just end it. You just end you're not good at it. Just end it. Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a podcast that is part book club, part TV and film vault, and part time capsule, as we take you back to all the childhood pop culture stuff you may or may not have consumed growing up. There is an absolute guarantee you consumed one of the two shows that we're doing today. Maybe even both. But we're going to find out together. I am today joined by my co-host... Gemma Bentley-Viney. My name is Matt Bentley-Viney. If you didn't know already, we both went to find our upper school. Facts. Each week I'm going to do a different fact about both of us. Okay. In the intro. Okay, I like that. Vernon Upper School was attended by Paul McCartney. Nick Knowles. Nick Knowles, yeah, he went there. Katie Hopkins. Rufus Hound. Katie Holmes went there as well, actually, for a couple of years. So just listing some of the famous alumni. And to add to that, Matt and Gemma Bentley-Viney also attended Vernon Upper School. So there you go, there's your shout-out. Fantastic schooling with fantastic teachers. Only two of those people actually attended Vernon Upper School. See if you can guess which ones. Before we jump into the episode, we need to jump into the mailbag, because guess what? We got some more emails. Yay! And they're real ones. And they're not from people we know. We know them now. Well, the first one is from gmailservices.co.uk. No, come on. I've seen seen them. I've seen them. I know they're real. I know they're in there. So the, the first email is from EDF Energy. And it says, your oh, account on. is overdue. You they, you make all of these jokes and complain about how much editing time there is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. I do. <laughs> quick, quick note before we go into the emails. The last three episodes, I don't know how this has happened. I've ended up editing them on Sunday at 3am in the morning. It is really, really draining and horrible. And I'm there like making these stupid jokes. And then real me, when I'm sat there editing, is like, I hate you. I hate you so much. Shut up. But this time we're recording it quite early. It is a Tuesday. Yep. At so you 4.36. Got, you've got plenty of days. I do have plenty, plenty of time, of days. actually. And I just wanted to say, actually, it wasn't just me moaning about it, but thank you to everybody who has been listening to it because these two emails I received made my day. I checked it at 3 a.m. in the morning. I think it was 3.20 because I was thinking, I'm going to call it a night. I'm done. Like, this can just go out later in the week. And I saw the two emails and I was like, okay, I'm going to power on through. So I did and I went to bed at four o'clock in the morning and that was really fun. So thank you very much for getting in touch. Thank you for engaging and listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. 
and they we actually don't they're not uh, like my mum and dad or our friends <laughs> they're actual people we don't know and as always we'd really appreciate all the help you can give us by rating the podcast by commenting on the podcast on apple Podcasts. if you've already done that otherwise you can help us it's by suggesting it to other people you know who maybe need a bit of remember this in their life but let's go into the mailbag wouldn't this be amazing if this was a segment every week where people get in touch I'm not going to set my hopes yeah, my hopes say, too high. Well, no, but you know the vision board. Mm. I'm going to talk about that later. By the way, I've decided you've you've done all your jokes. I later, can't wait. I'm going to talk about the secret and pyramid selling. Yay! <laughs> so the first email was from Simran R, and he writes, "Hi, loving the podcast so far, and it's so good to hear Matt's voice again." <laughs> I know, it's pretty good actually. And to hear Gemma's for the first time too. Yay! I'm sure you have a long list, but it'd be great to hear you speak about fingertips or Timothy goes to school. These two are so nostalgic for me, but I've heard nothing about them since they first aired. Neither have I. I've never heard of either of those shows. Fingertips rings a bell for me, but we're definitely going to be YouTubing them later on. And then he goes on to suggest another show, which you have been banging on about us to talk about for ages. So you are happy to be backed up on this. Also, a classic for you, Tom and Jerry. Always thought it was a strange premise for a kids' show, but it would be cool to hear your thoughts. Can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And no, those two shows I hadn't heard of, and Tom and Jerry is just an absolute bona fide classic. I watch that every week, if not every day, probably. So we've added them to the list, so you should hear them soon. And we have a lovely message from Megan, who's put, Love the podcast, kiss, kiss. Thank you, Megan. Thank you very much, Megan. Appreciate that. And that was actually the email I first saw when I clicked on at 3am and I was like, oh, maybe it is worth doing. Yay. So thank you guys. Really do appreciate it. But today's episode, we have watched The Raggy Dolls and... Pingu! Gemma, would you like to introduce Raggy Dolls? So the Raggy Dolls is a 1980s to 1990s British cartoon series which originally aired on ITV from 1986 until 1994. The series is set in Mr Grimes toy factory where imperfect dolls are thrown into a reject bin while unobserved by human eyes the dolls come to life and climb out of the reject bin to have adventures. What's happened to the Gemma Bentley Viney method of explaining a TV show that sounded very concise and very to the point. I thought I'd get that bit out of the way. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I used to have this on VHS. It was, I think, another one of those purchases, probably from the market, probably for my brother and not for me. VHS is that my parents bought and I didn't know anyone else that watched it growing up. And I do have a vivid memory of in sixth form in the arts area um, at school. We were all discussing like kids theme songs and I did the Raggy Dolls and everyone just looked at me and was like, no, we, we don't know that. No, that's not, that's not one. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? Because it originally aired on ITV 1986 until 1994. So yeah, you would have been one when this came off the air. So that makes sense that nobody else would have watched it. Yeah. I've never heard of it. But with last week's episode with the Magic House, where I also thought nobody else had seen it. I had quite a few messages on Instagram of people genuinely being like, 
Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying to remember this. Thank you for sharing this. There might be other people who are like, oh my God, Raggy Dolls. Well, yeah, there would just be people older than us who watched it because, you know, it ran for nine series and 112 episodes. It's got to be pretty popular to have that kind of runtime, hasn't it? So it's produced by Yorkshire Television and it was created by Melvin Jacobson with scripts, narration and music by Neil Ines. I-N-N-E-S. Ines? 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 Neil Ines? Him. That man. Because this was a TV show that you really liked, how well do you remember it? I remember it pretty well. I used to watch it a lot. I remember all the characters. I remember the theme song. You remember all the characters. If I asked you to name the Raggy Dolls, do you think you could do it? I could only say Sad Sack and Lucy and Claude. Well, that's three out of six. It's not bad. Well, it's not great if you it's remember It's not bad, it. halfway. <laughs> I know, but the characters, you didn't really remember them for their names. I always remember what they looked like. The theme song for me is very iconic, and it wasn't until I was actually doing a bit of research and focusing on it a bit closer. It's really sweet and sad. It was very sad, actually. Gemma came to me before we watched it. She was like, oh, make sure you listen to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, wow, are we about to listen to the Beatles or something or Pink Floyd backwards? It's like, oh, make sure you pay attention to the lyrics. I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> oh, it's cute. They were very um, nihilistic. It was quite sad. I agree. It was quite sad. Considering it's such an uplifting song, so it starts off with all of these dolls. They're like holding hands and like swaying in unison, going along a factory, like on the conveyor belts. Then they focus in on specific dolls that didn't look like the others around them. And the dolls actually wouldn't even hold their hands. They were like, oh, no, I'm not holding your hand. And then they get taken by this massive hand, comes in, which I'm assuming is Mr. Grimes, who runs a toy factory and he grabs them and then he puts them in the reject bin. I could imagine Grimes, the pop star, the Canadian pop star, getting her name from this type of show because she's very like alternative, isn't she? And this is a show where it's about the rejects. So I, I think there's a link here. I, I doubt that. I think Grimes was on holiday in the UK and she watched it and then was like, one day I'm going to be a pop star called Grimes. Maybe. No one wants to be called Grimes, though. He's a horrible character in it. But it wasn't until you kind of listened to the lyrics, which I never really did when I was younger. So the concept behind the show is a really sweet one, where it is to teach children a bit more empathy and a bit more humanity in the sense of also being a lot accepting of others. And the whole concept is if you're a bit imperfect or you've got like something a bit different to someone else, that you should be like the Raggy Dolls and not care. And actually kind of representing people who maybe feel a bit outcasted or a bit different. So it does have a really nice message. It's a bit brutal though that they're put in the reject box. It's not even like that they've escaped and they're all living happily together. It's like, no, they live in the reject box. The reject bin. I don't think it's in box, it's reject bin. Oh, so is that like all of us? We're just living in the reject bin, but we're happy about it. Yeah, it's like, you don't care. Just don't care, guys. No, it is a good message because, like, you know, not you should embrace your imperfections. So I do understand that. I think that's nice. Well, I will say when I was watching it, which was never that clear. And are you looking at it on Wikipedia now? I would say look away because I'm going to test you in a minute. I've just got their friends here and there's one particular name I think is so cute. Is it Mr. Marmalade? Yeah, (laughs) Mr. Marmalade. (laughs) That's an amazing name. And that's Mr. Grimes's cat. Who has playful traits. That's a good name for a cat. So when watching it, I knew they were in the reject bin, but growing up, it was never really that obvious to me why they were in the reject bin or that there was meant to be something wrong with them. And what is wrong with them? Apart from Sad Sack, who is... Well, there's back to front. Yes. So there's a back to front one who clearly, there was a malfunction where they put his head on backwards. There's Sad Sack, who is, I mean, 
It's a horrible name. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really name. weird name. Sad sack. I mean, whoever made him clearly got fired and lied on their CV because he looks like just some sort of mushy potato. <laughs> potato. So they do all have a reason. One of them is French. And I was a bit like, why is the French guy in there? Why? Well, there's nothing wrong with the French guy <laughs> unless you hate French people. But there is a backstory. So I am... Oh, is it not just the, he's the Brexit one? No. It's like, since Brexit's <laughs> come in, the French one's chucked in the reject bin. No, there's stories. I don't think it's that obvious. Maybe they explore them in some specific episodes. But for a lot of the time, I was like, they just seem fine. I'm going to quiz you and see if you know why they got in the reject bin. So sad sack. Why do you think he was in the reject bin? Is it because... He was bringing everyone down, like Eeyore. He is an Eeyore. There's always an Eeyore character, isn't there? So, no, Sad Sack is a sample of a design that was deemed too expensive to mass produce. Well, I mean, I was never going to get there. Right. <laughs> what, how does the name Sad Sack imply that it was a design that was too expensive to produce? His appearance is somewhat different from the others. He is the oldest of the seven raggy dolls in the reject bin. As his name suggests, he is very gloomy and cynical. He still values his friendships with the other dolls. That's cute. Oh. That's nice. So it's another one called Dotty. Why Dotty? Do you know which one Dotty is? Do you well, know why why is Dotty there? Dotty didn't really feature in this episode that much. She's normally the main one. Is she? Mm-hmm. Basically, when they were producing her, they realised the post and packaging would cost too much and the margins weren't good enough. So she was chucked in the reject bin. <laughs> So Dottie, as the oldest next to Sad Sack, she sees herself as the leader of the group and is often very bossy. She is named because she accidentally had paint spilt on her hair and clothing. So she was put in the reject bin. She has a catchphrase, which is good thinking. (laughs) Does she say it in a special way or anything? Or just good thinking. Well, if the narrator does all the voices, which I do enjoy, that's one of uh, something I find very comforting and cute. So it's kind of like someone reading you a bedtime story and having to do all the voices. I do like that. So next one we have, this is quite a modern one, hi-fi. Do the headphones not work? They don't connect. They've put the wrong USB in or something like that, the wrong connection. Close. So hi-fi, he converses with a stammer. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did see one with a stammer, actually. Due to him being dropped during testing. It was also stated in the episode called The Trouble with Claude that he was wired incorrectly, hence the stammer. Oh, oh, yeah. I was close. He always wears headphones, which allow him to tune into radio and communication signals from seemingly any source. Ooh. So now we've got Lucy. So she was the main one in the character we watched. I should get this one right. Mm -hmm. Lucy, basically, all her parts, they're not connected properly and they all fall off all the time. Yeah. So Lucy, her limbs are inadequately attached with a nylon thread. She is shy and easily frightened, but kind-hearted and loyal to her friends. She also speaks with a Derbyshire accent. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Derby. Where's Derbyshire, Gem? (laughs) Who wrote these? Did the actual creator of the show write these? Because they're so specific. And this is never established in any of the episodes. Right. So now we've got Back to Front. That's just his name. That's brutal. Well, I mean, he's just back to front, isn't he? So he is a handyman doll with a backward facing head as a result of a manufacturer putting his head on the wrong way round. He loves machines. Always calm in a crisis. He also has a catchphrase, which is no problem. (laughs) that's not a catchphrase right what happened to claude claude was made with the french market in mind but when they didn't sell they thought oh we need to just chuck these in the reject bin close a french doll 
who unlike his companions is actually perfect in every way. He fell out of a box of dolls being shipped to France and was left oh. behind and then being put in the bin out of a lack of other places. He speaks with a French accent and sometimes alternates between speaking English and French. He also has a notable talent for cooking. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike Tilly who spoke French in Tots TV, he just speaks with a French accent, doesn't he? Like no, Jerry he does, Barton. No, he does speak French. Oh, he does? Yeah, he does alternate. He does. No, but in he this episode, he, did. he just... No, he didn't. He did at the beginning. He alternates. I think he does like a Jerry Barton slash Steve McLaren where he just speaks normally but puts on a bit of a Hello, Gemma. How are you today? Rather than actually speaking French. So next up, we have Princess. So she's a blonde one. I think Princess, forgive me, it's the era, not me saying this, but I think her prince was broken or lost. So that means she was put in the reject bin, even though there's nothing wrong with her. <gasps> that's not right, but I really like That's a good, I like that. That's been a good episode idea. So she, oh, this is horrible. Princess. She should have been a beautiful princess doll, but the machine accidentally cut her hair and left her dress in rags. In the manner of a typical aristocrat, her voice is characterised by H adding. She's the youngest of the dolls. Next up, we have Ragamuffin. Ragamuffin. She was made, or he was made, using all the scrap material as like a cheap alternative. <sighs> That's a good idea, but wrong. He's a wandering traveller doll who'd lost his owner and decided to spend his life taking in new sights and experiences. Introduced in the fifth series. I think I did okay in that little pop quiz. You did all right. How did you do at home? Write in and let us know. <laughs> oh, wait, quickly, I want to say, instead of a nativity one year, we did a play, and I played a doll that got forgotten about when someone received a new doll. <laughs> oh, my God. How cute is that? We all played different toys that were like the forgotten toys of Christmas. Ah, oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Can I just say, before we jump into the episode, the animation style was very good. I really liked it. For the 80s, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed watching it, actually. Like, all the drawings and the animation was really nice and, I don't know, I felt very cosy watching it. I wasn't bizarrely bemused and scared and freaked out like I was watching Pingu. Yeah, this is quite a calm show to watch. It was easy to watch as an adult. If we had children, I think we'd, we'd show them it. I wouldn't be, you know, horrified by it. <laughs> I don't think it would give any nightmares and I tried to find a scary one. So we watched episode from season three that was aired on the 23rd of November 1988 called Ghosts. Matt, can you tell me what happened in Ghosts? I can tell you, I can sum it up in three seconds. Okay, go. I'm scared! Ooh! <laughs> I think there's a bit more to it than that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's the middle of the night. Strap in, because it's about to get a little bit scary. And the raggy dolls are all asleep. But Lucy cannot sleep. She is actually thinking, hang on a minute. Why am I so scared of the dark? So she decides, I need to be brave. I need to know what it's like to be brave, because that would be a really good thing to do. And she keeps saying how she always goes to bits when it's scary. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. So she decides to go on a walk, a midnight stroll. And as she does, she encounters a scarecrow called Pumpernickel. Very nice scarecrow. He was very friendly and helpful, taught some good lessons. Yeah, well, he was saying how you shouldn't be out late at night. Leave it to the things that can see in the dark. It got a bit intense, though. It was like, you know, have you told the others where you're going? You could fall in a ditch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's a good way to scare kids into not running away from home, isn't it? You might fall in a ditch. Yeah, it was meant to all be about ghosts and ghouls, but really the real fears are there. Fall in a ditch and get forgotten about. But then that sets up the premise of the episode, because as she's out there, the pumpernickel scarecrow says that he's been seeing in the factory a weird green light, which is actually yellow. And it keeps lighting up one of the rooms. And then she's like, ooh, that looks interesting. But she's too scared to go and see it alone. So she goes back, gets the rest of the raggy dolls. And in particular, Sad Sack is very annoyed. He just wants to go back to sleep, doesn't he? Yeah. Sad Sack's got the annoying voice. <laughs> oh, he's just sat and he's hello. We go back to sleep now. Yeah, that is, yeah. They go into this weird room, the yellow light. And as it turns out, there is some glow-in-the-dark toys that are skeletons. And they're all scary and they're like trying to scare them. And they're like, oh no, don't do that. What are you doing? They kind of look like, I know they're going to be skeletons. To me, they definitely look more like aliens. Yeah, you know those bit. like goggly, like stretchy green aliens you'd get? Yes. That is what they that. look like. And they were being really annoying and just like boisterous. I thought they're very boisterous. There was one just horrible, weird moment though when they just circled all the raggy dolls. And this went on for like too long (laughs) where they just kept dancing around. It wasn't nice. And Lucy was still very scared. And oh, we forgot to say actually that whenever she's scared, her knees knock and they make a little noise like... Yeah, it's cute. And then her knees were knocking then and she thought, no, I need to be brave. So she stopped. And then being brave, she started telling him off, saying, now you stop it. You stop scaring us. It's not very nice. And all the other raggy dolls couldn't believe how brave she was being. What would you do in that situation, Gem? You're surrounded by glow-in-the-dark skeleton toys that are trying to scare you. Probably run away. So you wouldn't be brave? No, I'd run away. (laughs) I wouldn't get out in the first place. I wouldn't go, let's go explore. I'd go, I'd be sad sack. If I was any of the dolls, I'd be sad sack. I want to go back to sleep now. The skeletons say, no, that's great. That's what we're meant to be doing. We've been practicing for the past three days on how to scare people. We are Mr. Grimes' new toys. So I think it must be ready for Halloween. He's got some new scary, and they're going to be glow-in-the-dark, scary skeleton dolls. Did you have any scary dolls? My favourite toy when I was little was a tarantula. And I used to take him everywhere, took him on planes. That's really ironic because you're the most scared person of spiders I know. I know it's really, it shows though that once you're told what to be scared of, how you can believe it. Because I used to absolutely love spiders. I was my favourite and it was a horror, it had fangs and it was like a greeny and black and purpley like rubbery thing. And I'm pretty sure I did take on a plane, which is actually quite horrible if I was like playing like on the back of someone's chair (laughs) and they turned around there's like this like Halloween toy and whenever we used to we used to have quite good Halloween parties growing up actually and um, when I remember there was some school discos when it was a Halloween one my mum like the PTA would like have to like chip in my mum would be there and we always had some really good scary like toys and decorations had cobwebs and we had this um weird head that um had arms but he he was just a head with arms like these like goggly eyes and like loads of veins and stuff like the pokemon geo dude yes like that but frightening it would um when you turned it on it would like move and make noises i always enjoyed that and whenever my mum would bring out the halloween stuff i'd always kind of want to keep one like all year round like oh no can we just have this one all the time lucy decides actually right we're gonna show you how to be scared so they go away and they hatch a plan when they come back, they have this plan to scare the skeletons and they use all their unique features to do it. I can't remember what they all do, but the main point was that Lucy went to pieces. So she took her head off and she was just holding it. 
I think they had some scary music on and they, they made loads of scary noises. And then Lucy arrived with her head off and they were all terrified. And then they were like clapping like, yeah, that was really scary. Well done. And then Lucy, it was quite good actually. Was like, Maybe it's not bad to fall to pieces every now and then. It's quite an odd message to teach children though. Like, ooh, play pranks and scare your friends. I mean, if we're talking about messages, Pingu yeah. goes the extra mile. Quickly, though, did you ever prank any of your friends or do any like scary tricks? The one prank I can remember, and I wasn't involved with it, but somebody at a friend's house party put Nutella all on the walls in the bathroom. So then people thought that somebody had pooed on the walls. But the worst part was... I was thinking it was more like kids like doing little pranks. Uh, Like, oh, and you're like, at a house party, (laughs) someone pretended to have pooed everywhere. And then ironically and conveniently, by accident, I trod in dog poo and brought it into the house so it actually did smell of poo and it made it very very believable that somebody had smeared poo all over the walls i bet you were really happy though because the blame was off you i ruined my shoes i wasn't ecstatic about Probably it ruined someone's carpet that's more expensive than your shoes someone actually pooed on a car at our school oh god oh wait i remember that and they yeah, put it they, in the exhaust pipes and everything. The myth was, and I'm not sure if this is true, but they put it in the air conditioning. So when they went to turn on the heating and stuff, the smell of poo came out. There's some gossip for you. Fun down upper school. Poo. Bringing it back. I think I'd play pranks if we had a child. Like, I'd what, move you their, would prank our children? I'd move their dolls around. That's horrible. No, but they could be, nice. they, it could be nice. Like, oh, your doll comes to life, really. And what if they're terrified? I actually have quite um, a few creepy dolls called Peggy dolls. I used to collect them from like car boot sales and like secondhand shops and antique shops so i kind of felt you know maybe that was the mr grimes in me but i want to <laughs> save them i was like oh no one wants you i'll look after you no but mr grimes just puts them in the rejection yeah. bin i'm saving them from mr grimes i'm like i'll give you a home they're in my loft now though so that's sad but the raggy dolls it was a good tv show wasn't it i enjoyed it i, I- I'm shocked that it wasn't, not more people know about it, because it's genuinely, I thought, re-watching it, that was quite good. The one thing I'm glad that's kind of died a little bit is when one person does all the voices, because oh, they're I so limited. That. Yeah, I know, but they're limited to either what regional accents can they do, or can they make their voice change pitch? Because otherwise, it all just sounds the same. It does kind of sound the same, but I do like that kind of concept of it is like someone reading you a story and the cartoon style was very much like an illustration as well so it almost was just like instead of having a book read to you at night this looks like a book it's some same narrator doing all the voices it was very much it felt like that which I enjoy yeah no I appreciate that and I mean if I'm being cynical it's probably a lot cheaper to do that rather than hire 10 different people to do voice acting it is a bit write the theme tune sing the theme tune it's a bit like that the song's good though and he made the song so well done Neil you've smashed that one out the park he's also known for being the magician in Puddle Lane which I'd forgotten existed it was another kids tv show I didn't watch Puddle Lane and he's mainly known for work with the Monty Python but you can kind of see kids' TV show, Monty Python. Quite surrealist. I'm surprised it wasn't stranger than in the episode we watched because when you think of the premise, you know, dolls and the reject bin and all that, I thought it could have gone really far in terms of it being surreal. And I thought, oh no, it, was, it wasn't scary or anything. No. I thought it would have been quite scary. Yeah, and I tried to choose an episode that sounded scary and it wasn't frightening at all. We always remember the theme songs, don't we? That's why they're so, that's why they're made. That's why you put a lot of money into them. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what brings you back as well. So that was Raggy Dolls. Let me know if you remember it or if... Or if you remember this. We all 
Remember the next one, Matt, if you'd like to introduce Pingu. So Pingu is a Swiss... Oh, I can't say it. Oh, no. Pingu is a Swiss... <laughs> it's because it's got British after and I want to say the H. Pingu is a Swiss... You can't... Do you want me to say it? Ping, it... Pingu is a Swiss-British stop-motion clay animated children's comedy TV series created by Otmar Gutmann and produced from the 1990s to 2000 for Swiss television and from 2003 to 2006 for British TV. It centres on a family of anthropomorphic anthropomorphic penguins who live at the South Pole. Did a physicist write this Wikipedia entry? Well, we need to know it's the South Pole and not the North Pole. or I don't know why that information is necessary. And the main character is the family, son and title character, Pingu. Do we know the names of his parents? They don't have names. It's just mum and dad. Isn't there a little baby one? Yeah, there is, called Pinga. Pinga. He's a sister. Oh, I always like Pinga. The series originally ran for four series, each series made up of multiple seasons. Why is this so confusing? From the 7th of March 1990 to 9th of April 2000. Pingu was very popular due to its lack of real spoken language, which translates loosely to nearly all dialogue is an invented grammarlot, penguin language, referred to as penguinese consisting of babbling, muttering, and the ticks of the character's characteristic sporadic loud honking noise. He doesn't do that, does he? Yeah, he does. But what we did notice, because we watched two episodes, and one of them was definitely not British Pingu, and it was different. Considering, because I was like, oh, this is great, it does translate into other languages. I'm pretty sure they recorded different ones for, like, different countries, because... Well, the theme song was very, very different. It wasn't the cute, like, wah, 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 wah. This was like, Pingu, Pingu, Yeah. I feel like they did translate it for other places, even though there's not a language to translate. They just did it kind of with an accent. I watched this loads growing up. Like, seriously, mum used to just pop me in front of Pingu and that would keep me entertained for a long time. I have a really vivid memory, which I think about to this day, of an episode of Pingu I watched, which taught me a really good life lesson. What was that? So it was he, all the episodes then that I now know, he's scared. So he's actually obviously quite... bratty. He's incredibly bratty. I don't remember being as horrible as that either, but he was obviously frightened because even in the episodes I remember, he's a scared little penguin and he had a nightmare and he woke up and he thought there was a ghost on his door, like a ghost in his room. And he went and turned on the light and it was just his dressing gown hanging on the back of his door. Oh, that happens all the time, doesn't it? I know. And I was like, oh, so now whenever I see that, I think, oh, it's probably just my dressing gown. And the episode we watched was called Pingu's Dream. The plot is as follows. Pingu is being read a story by his mum. And I had forgotten how funny Penguinese is. It's like Sims language. It's horrible. It's so grating on your ears. Like, how did kids like it? It's not relaxing or soothing. It's like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's honestly, I couldn't have that on in the background if I had a child. <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, doing ironing. I don't know what. what, what Why ironing? I I never iron. I'm just sort of thinking of so much ironing to do. Our pretend child is in front of the TV. I don't think I could have that on in the background because the noise is is honestly. This is what I mentioned in the um, trailer for this podcast. Is because all of a sudden I kept seeing Pingu like memes on Twitter and clicking on one, and I was like, this is this cannot be. They've dubbed it. They've put something over this. It is real. He was really scary, and we watched. A band episode. Both of the episodes we watched actually banned. God, we're so hard. Also, I can see why he is um, used a lot in social media for reactions because he is like a Gemma Collins of a penguin. He is very opinionated. Dramatic. He is like, you could just do a gif of him and just be like, or jif. Wait, what do you say? I I think it is jif, but I always say gif. Anyway, one of those. And just writing a mood. And you could just have Pingu just like going like ballistic at something. He, <laughs> he is so emotional. He does have a lot. He is. He's very emotional. He has a lot of personality. Oh, he's like in every episode, he cries, <laughs> he shouts, he throws things. But maybe this is why kids love him because normally we see our TV characters aimed at children and they're all lovely and like plodding away and like, oh, life's all, I need to be brave. Whereas Pingu, he acts like an actual child. He yes. acts like a bratty little kid. And also I think it is quite nice in the sense that normally with kids TV shows, they have to have a character representing each different emotion. So we saw that obviously in Raggy Dolls, in the Magic House, Totally Spies. Pingu has them all. Yeah, and that, which is true. That's, you know, it's not just like, oh, this is the sad one. This is the scared one. This is the bossy one. It is, that's not accurate to actual real life people. We have all of these emotions. You can be brave and scared, sad and happy. And I think Pingu does absolutely embody that. Oh, he does. And he is feeling every emotion in the space of 10 minutes. And yes, so I can see why people as a reaction to brexit you could just put pingu and you're like yeah done oh, why did you have to bring brexit into it i was you thinking bought it i earlier. bought it in early and i was like oh let's not talk about that again brexit can't come into every children's tv program pingu does not relate to brexit no but you could do you could just do a picture of him shaking his head pulling his face stamping his foot <laughs> crying you could just reply to bbc breaking news with one of those and it would be like yep that is how i feel so in this episode he's dreaming and all of a sudden the like igloo comes up and he keeps coming up and down. And he's like, oh my God, he's like, you know, he's scared. What's yeah. going on? And then his bed turns into a race car, kind of. It's like a bobsled almost. Yeah, and he enjoys that. So his, his igloo is gone. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a spaceship. Well, it's like flying away. He sees it fly away. Yeah, and it, they, it kind of is like a bit spaceshipy the way it does it, like flying saucer. And yeah, then his bed is moving. He hates it. But then he realizes, oh no, he's having it's a like great a time. He's enjoying it. He's like, yay. Yeah. But then out of nowhere... And it's not even the same like animation clay style. A walrus, like a giant walrus, pops up and it has horrible like human-esque teeth. It's so scary. And these like weird eyes as well where it's you, all white. There's no like pupil. One point when he popped up, the second time I think he popped up, you did go, ah. <laughs> Yeah. It was really scary, like creepy. It is horrific. And then it kept following Pingu. And basically, what happens? Like, Pingu does find the igloo, doesn't he? And then that's when the walrus traps... No, I've got it. The, he walrus it. picks up 
the igloo and traps Pingu underneath it. Yeah. And is like playing with it and he keeps like rattling him around. And when the walrus laughs, it is the most creepy. It gets under your skin. It is horrible. Because its eyes are like rolled in the back of its head laughing. It's awful. I know a lot of people are scared of claymation. It is actually a thing where people find it incredibly creepy. And there is the majority of the creepy kids TV shows normally are from claymation. And you never really associate Pingu with that. But then this walrus guy, it is absolutely horrific. It is monstrous. I mean, it's I know, not cute at all. Well, it's turned into a nightmare. It started off as like a cutesy little dream and now it's a nightmare. And the walrus is like picking up Pingu by its hand and squeezing him. So he makes a little noise, like a squeak. And then the walrus just keeps laughing. He just keeps doing it. And Pingu can't get away. Pingu just keeps standing there terrified. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it just stops. And Pingu's back in his bed. And he's like, loads of snow's kind of fallen out from his bed. And then he just bursts into tears. And, and his mum's it there. ends with the mum holding Pingu while he cries himself back to sleep. And then it just ends. That's and it. And then it just ends. Cut. What's the moral of that story? Like, if you have a bad dream, go to your mum and, and she will help you when you're crying. It was a whirlwind. But what are you saying? I think, why is a child going to be entertained or take you, anything away from that? Pingu was crying. I don't think I saw that as a child because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd remember that. Well, you probably didn't because it was banned. That. I could see why it was banned. It was bloody scary. Also, so a lot of Pingu episodes were banned. I'm talking like five a series. Really? Yeah. So for this one, this episode was placed with an unofficial ban from broadcast distribution due to the giant walrus being frightening for many young viewers. It was also removed from British television in 2003. It was still shown in the United States, however, and released on DVD in the US, but was not released on the VHS by the BBC. United States, just they just don't care, they don't do care. they? They let their kids do whatever they want. Like, don't worry, you might need a bit of therapy later. You'll be all right, though. I will say, though, there's another episode called Little Accidents slash Pingu's Lavatory Story. <laughs> what? This episode was placed on official ban from broadcast or home video distribution, except the UK and Canada, due to toilet humour. <laughs> oh the realistic appearance, the realistic appearance of urination and alcoholic references. However, it is shown on Netflix. So I was trashing the Americans for showing that episode, but the UK and Canada were just loving that toilet humour. That does sound like us, to be fair, doesn't it? It was definitely so. A lot of the episodes, I can see now why reading it, why so many were banned, and it's something that I've always remembered from Pingu. Is there's a lot of slapstick and that they always used to hit each other. Do you not remember that? They'd always be hitting each no, other. No, I don't remember that. Throwing things, like throwing balls at someone's head and slapping each other on their heads. One thing I did remember though watching it was um, Pingu used to do lots of pranks. You're right, he used to like really be annoying, didn't he? Yeah, and that was later on banned because it was showing smacking or hitting or slapping. So even in the first ever episode was banned. Hello, Pingu. Pingu is introduced, was banned. Scenes where Ping smacks Pingu on the head and Pingu makes Pingu... Pingo, me. Oh, oh my god. It's where just Pingo just give up. makes Pingu trip on his ball is edited out by the BBC when released on VHS due to violence. And it was almost going to be banned. It was removed from British television in 2003 and did not air in the United States. So the first episode called Hello Pingu, <laughs> Pingu is introduced, was banned <laughs> because they kept all the penguins kept hitting each other. That's brilliant. And we decided after watching the first episode that we actually wanted to watch another episode of Pingu just because 
honestly, I was sat there with my mouth like agape the whole time, just like, what is going on? So there was another episode quickly called Pingu's First Kiss, which was banned from American television due to the beak to beak contact. Oh, no, not beak to beak. They're going to need some beak conversion therapy, aren't they, over there? Those mid-states, they can't handle that beak to beak. But beak to beak contact was, it was just too realistic. It was too much like kissing. But that's really sad, isn't it? Because I think it's quite sweet. But we decided to watch another episode. And this one was called Pingu Leaves Home. Pingu Runs Away. Oh, yeah, that was it. Pingu Runs Away. And honestly, I had forgotten how much of a little brat Pingu was. Oh, it's pretty. You were considering in the last episode, you out loud went... (gasps) You were laughing loads in this one. You were loving it. (laughs) It's because they're having like a family meal and the mum and dad just sat there like talking normally. Well, I say normally, but in Penguinese. Pingu, for some reason, is really annoyed. Like he doesn't like his meal because the rest of them have got fish and he's just got a bit of vegetables there. At first, doesn't he? He chucks it first, doesn't he? So his dad goes to feed him or his mum goes to feed him with it on the spoon and then he just chucks it so he just chucks the food in the face of whoever's <laughs> trying to feed him and but it goes then, a step further doesn't it well he goes a step further because then he decides he's had enough of this he pulls the like table sheet and pulls table it off table <laughs> <laughs> he pulls the tablecloth and pulls off all the food on the table <laughs> pingu's mum basically pingu's mum and dad have a discussion and pingu's dad's furious he's like you need to do something so pingu's mum sits pingu on her, her knee and spanks him repeatedly and he's had enough so the food's all on the floor dinner's ruined he slams he, the door he's cr- he, no, he leaves crying and then turns around and just points to his bum oh yeah he does he like rubs his bum to begin with because it really hurts and he gets outside the igloo turns back and shouts basically like i'm going home and i'm never coming back which actually sounds like and he goes off and then he gets lost and he's upset and he gets in like a little hole, like a little hidey hole where he's just sat there crying. No, you've missed out the main bit. They have scary ice sculptures. Oh, yes. In the, in the wild, just scary ice sculptures. That looks like a dragon. You've got a skull and he gets all like disorientated and confused. He's like looking around like, oh, this is horrible. And then he's like, it gets all frightening. So he hides. And the mum and dad leave it because the mum keeps saying we need to go and find him. I, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming this is what they're trying to say. But because she keeps pointing at the clock. It starts off at eight o'clock and it gets to 11 o'clock. And then that's when finally the dad says, yes, we need to go and find Pingu. I think my parents would have done it a lot sooner. If Pingu's like a, a toddler, like two years old, and he's out until 11 o'clock, that is scary. So in the end, they find Pingu and bring him back and he's crying And then they're all in the bed together and he's happy. So the moral of the story is if you do something that annoys your parents and you're punished, run away because then they will immediately miss you and let you get into bed with them and live happily ever after. So do what you want. You know, if you're ever feeling like being naughty, just do it because there's no consequences in Pingu world. Shall I read why that was banned and where? So the episode was placed under unofficial ban. I mean, what does unofficial ban mean? I feel like then it's not really banned due to Pingu's mother spanking Pingu. Pingu running away from his house. The episode also features some scary ice monsters, which have not just frightened Pingu, but a lot of young viewers too. It was 
also removed from British television in 2005 and was one of the few episodes that was pulled from American airings due to its offensive and over-the-top dark material. <laughs> the US can't handle anything, can they? Guns are legal. Guns oh, are yeah, fine. you know, if it's guns, it's all fun but and games, Pingu, isn't it? beak-to-beak action. No, beak-to-beak contact. Oh, yeah, not beak-to-beak actions, does sound quite to be fair. Did you watch Pingu growing up? I did. Pretty sure I also had it on VHS, maybe. The theme tune's cute. Although I hated the Japanese version. We'll play that in a minute. Yeah, whatever version that was. We're not, we couldn't really tell what I mean, listen to this and see. Because this episode so far, I think it's been quite nice, quite relaxing. Now, prepare yourself. Three, two, one. Did you enjoy that? We didn't. How awful was that compared to the first, the original theme tune, which is lovely. I remember that in my head all the time. A joint friend of ours loves penguins, and I reckon that comes from watching Pingu. One of our joint friends is such a weird phrase. One no, of it's our not. joint, just say one of our friends. Oh, yeah, maybe I should One of have our said that. joint friends. Um, but no, I remember Pingu very fondly, not re watching it. Not so fond of it now. Pingu is cute though. His little sister's so cute and his little face is cute. I really like Claymation. Yeah, the Claymation is really good. He is really, really cute. And when he like waddles about and he like flaps his arms and stuff, he, he is lovely. It is sweet. I, I'm a fan of that. Not a fan of the noises or the voices. I just... Yeah, but I didn't like that in The Sims either. Like you didn't need to... I don't know. I felt like I didn't even need to hear them saying nice any noises. Just have nice background music. Yeah, 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 just have a nice background. Almost like um, The Snowman or something like that. Yeah, that would have been much better. See, we've improved already. But then maybe nobody would watch it if we did it like that. Because some people must love it. The, oh, the, God. I reckon kids must love it because it's very sensory, isn't it? Oh, no, I think it's horrible. I wouldn't like it. I find it off-putting and quite stressful. Did you guys watch Pingu? If you did... Let us know what your favourite episodes were. And Shall I mention also... the scary walrus thing? You know, that, that time when I read about that movie, I didn't even watch the movie. What? Do you remember I read about a movie about a podcaster where he got captured and the guy made him into a walrus? Walruses are frightening. People underestimate how frightening a walrus is. You don't think, oh, walrus is frightening. And then when I saw a photo from that film, that's going to be a dark comedy where I just see darkness. It's called Tusk. Oh my God, that is it. Yeah, and it's got the guy from Jeepers Creepers in it. And basically he's a podcaster and he gets captured by this guy who then makes him into a walrus. Doesn't get captured. They're told to come and do an interview yeah. with him. And I remember I was doing the podcast with Marcus at the time and you one day were just messaging me loads of things and I checked my phone and it was like, oh my God, just seen this. Oh my God, never go to this place to do a podcast. Always check what they're what it's you're meant to be horrible. doing. It about. Check what they want to do. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And like the photos of him being made into the walrus and when he looks like a walrus, it's the most upsetting, honestly. You can I think you can even tell now, it's really upsetting and horrible. It like ruined my life. It just ruined my day. I thought about it for weeks. So moral of this episode, walruses are scary. Yeah, really scary. And that wraps up this week's episode of Remember This. Please let us know if you have watched either of these shows. Did you see these banned episodes? Do you remember watching them? And also, if you have any shows you'd like us to talk about, please message us on social media or email us at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com. And that's question mark as in the word question mark, not as in the motif. Symbol. Uh, symbol. <laughs> motif. <laughs> <laughs> And as always, please do rate us on iTunes. Tell your friend. This week's challenge, I'm going to be really cringe, but 
we've been talking about the secret recently, me and Gemma, oh, which wait, isn't can really I, a no, secret. Can I, shall I say? No, it's the, I said, it's the outro. No, no, I said I'd you're say gonna it. No, please, no, you're going to have to save it for another week. No, you're going to have to save it for another week. Okay, I'm going to do it next week then. Oh, no, please. Just... No, I won't do it. I'll do it next week. Okay, we're going to save it for next week, but we've been talking about the, the power of attraction. And... No, but how creepy was it? I watched this TV show, The Secret One, and then um, was telling our friends about it on holiday. Didn't really think much of it. I think they all thought can Gemma stop talking now how annoying and then we only spoke to one English family that whole week and they were like randomly brought up we never met these people before randomly brought up the law of attraction and the secret and I was like oh my god and then we only watched one tv show and it's only like the first 20 minutes of it of the um odd one out the um little mix documentary which is amazing by the way three minutes into it she talks about the power of the law of the attraction if you vision it it will happen and I was like oh my god the world is telling me something this is so creepy I'm really involved in it now I think it's real so if we all just imagine imagine the success imagine just checking your podcast one day and we're number one you can see Chris and Rosie Ramsey's face underneath ours. Well, I don't think everybody else will be imagining that. I think we're imagining that. No, but that. if we all do it... No, but why would they do it? They don't want to do why it. That's not? not their podcast. Why not? It'd be nice to Actually, do it. Actually, I take that back. It's all of our podcasts. Why not? If we all just picture it... Until it, it makes money and then it's our podcast. Sorry. Just picture it and just vision it. You're visioning it. You're thinking about it. You're seeing it. I mean, you're not. Your eyes are half closed. <laughs> you're acting as if you've got your eyes closed, but you don't. I can see them open. And it might happen. With that in mind, if you could all tell three different people... Oh, don't about be this the, cringe. What, what, so I can say... How, no, sorry. You can all tell each other three different people you think would like the podcast... Get them to get in touch with us or rate it so we know that you've done that. If you ever see anyone on Twitter being like, I want new podcast recommendations, I feel like too much of a dick to message them going, I have one. So if you could do that for me, that'd be nice. Thank you. We will end this very sporadic outro now, but thank you very much. I've been Matt Bentley Viney. I've been Gemma Bentley Viney. We will see you. I always do that. You will hear us next Monday, 6am. Be there or be... Oh, don't, don't be there, be square. We already Pingu. we already can't say gif or jif. We're already old. <laughs> Actually, well, I bet just for the um, Penguinese listeners... Never do that ever again. Wait, can I do it? Am I better than you? Our neighbours must love us. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you.